Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. You know how life doesn't stick to a schedule? Well, why should your paycheck? That's where Earn In comes in. It's an app that lets you access the money you've earned right when you need it, not just on payday. Imagine this, your dog suddenly needs a vet or your kid has a little accident and needs a dentist, ASAP. We've been there and waiting for your payday in those situations just doesn't make sense and it adds unnecessary stress. With EarnIn, you can pull up to $100 per day or up to $750 each pay period directly from your earnings without the crazy fees or interest rates. It's super simple. Download the EarnIn app, verify your paycheck, and get access to your earnings as you earn them. You decide what to tip, and whatever you use gets settled on your next payday. More than 3.5 million users are finding relief and a sense of security with EarnIn, calling it a lifeline for financial stability. That peace of mind, it's priceless, and it could be yours. Ready to give it a try? Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Clutter under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help out the show. That's Clutter under Podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Well, hey there, my friend. Welcome back to the show. I'm Deanna Yates, and you are listening to episode 168 of the Wannabe Clutter-Free Podcast. On today's show, I am chatting with Valerie Recor, a productivity specialist and certified fair play method facilitator about alleviating ex the exhausting mental load of motherhood. It's a good one, and Valerie is super relatable. I press her to give us examples from her life, and she does not disappoint. There are fun stories, and I love her approach to sharing tasks, communicating our needs, and ideas for carving out more time for ourselves in the midst of our busy lives. But before we get into this conversation, I want to take a moment to say thank you for joining me today. I am so grateful that you are here, and I hope you walk away from today with some actionable ideas and things that you can use right away in your life or maybe have a new perspective as you approach and handle the things that you are dealing with, with either our stuff or our schedules um, and how we work with the others within our homes. So thank you again for joining me. I hope you enjoy what you hear. And if you do, can you please do me a favor and leave a rating and a review for this show? You can go ahead and rate the show on most podcast listening apps, but you can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts for the entire show. You can leave a comment on a specific episode in Spotify. I think you can also do that in Good Pods. You can comment on YouTube for these newer guest episodes. So head on over there if you uh, want to do that. And it's a little bit easier, I think, to communicate back and forth on YouTube. It's hard to for me to respond on some of the other platforms. So I would love if you would just take a minute and give the show a shout out. Your reviews help me so much. They mean the world to me and they help me find more guests for you. So I am able to find more guests to have on this show 
Uh, So thank you so much for helping me out and helping yourself out as well. And now let's learn about my amazing guest today. As a productivity specialist, Valerie Recor uses her background as a certified fair play method facilitator to help moms gain a sense of control, spend more time with their families, and end their days feeling accomplished. With a background in mental health and corporate training, she's ready to guide you toward a better relationship with time. If you're ready to start feeling more peace at the end of the day, well, she is here to help. Give this episode a listen, and when you're done, head over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 168 to get the show notes for today's episode with links to Valerie's website, resources, and her private podcast. Plus, there are links to the books and the documentaries that we mentioned in today's show. So head on over there. Again, you can find it at wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 168. And now let's get to our conversation. Well, hi, Valerie. Thank you so much for joining me on Wannabe Clutter Free. How are you doing today? I am good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. Oh, I am too. So I think we're going to have some really fun things to talk about. Uh, But before we dive into it, can you please tell me about yourself and how you help busy families? Yeah. So I am a mom of two girls. Um, They are eight and 10 as of this recording in third and fifth grade. Um, So yes, we are looking at middle school next year for um, my oldest. And my goal in my business is to help moms um, end their days feeling accomplished, have a little bit of a sense of control, and spend more time with their families. Uh, Because I believe that moms do too much, and we've been conditioned to do way too much, and I'm on a mission to fix this uh, so that we can change it in our own lives and then maybe have some positive impact on society down the road. Mm. I love that ripple effect idea. I'm currently in the middle of reading um, Strong Women Lift Each Other Up uh, Mm. by uh, Molly Galbraith. I probably just butchered that. I'm terrible at knowing authors. I'm good at knowing titles, uh, but she's a delight. And she talks a lot about that ripple effect, right? Helping women, women helping women and the ripple effect that it can cause. So I Mm -hmm. absolutely love what you just said there because it is really kind of one of the things that has been showing up more and more and more in my life. So I, we're going to have a lot of fun, like we talked about. Um, so we're going to talk about the mental load of motherhood today. But before we get there, you are a certified fair play method facilitator. So what does that mean? And can you tell us more about that? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's such a mouthful. Um, so the fair play method, um, the fair play is a book Uh, written by a woman named Eve Rodsky. And it is a method on essentially how to create equity in the household. So it's taking mom out of the role of household manager, and it is giving everyone in the house, but for the sake of this conversation, we'll keep it for like mom and dad or partners, whatever that might look like in your life. And really getting everyone to a position where one person fully takes on a task. So it's not mom remembering that today is trash day or tomorrow is trash day and somebody needs to take out the trash and nagging somebody to do it. It is somebody fully taking that on knowing, okay, tomorrow is trash day. It is my responsibility to deal with it this week. What are all the steps to make that happen and making that happen? Nobody's reminding that person. It's just being done. And so it helps with that mental load for moms because they don't have to keep track of everything because other people in the household 
are taking care of tasks. Um, and then one of my favorite parts of it is really getting into the evaluation piece and the looking at your values and your goals and making sure that everything you're doing in the house align with that and that you can let go of tasks that maybe don't fit that, like elaborate birthday parties or do you send out holiday cards or some of these other things that we feel we we have to do because everybody else is doing them and we it's that conditioning, right? We fall into this trap. We're like, well, I must do this, but we're resentful and there's so much. And so it's a tool essentially at its core that gets everybody involved that kind of levels the playing field and not necessarily in a 50, 50 way where I have the same amount of tasks that my husband does, but in a way that feels equal to us in our household for this stage of life. This is going to be good. Oh my gosh. I can just dive into so many of these topics. Um, Okay. I want to make sure I don't get off track though. So, okay. Can you tell us, how did you get interested in this in the first place? What led you to this path? To this? Yeah. So pre-children, I worked in mental health and corporate training. And then when my oldest was born, I quit the corporate world because I wanted to find this magic balance, right? Of like, I'm going to work be home with my kids and it's going to be this beautiful thing. And I will tell you after 10 years that that really does not exist. Um, You can find some kind of way to make it all work, certainly. Um, And so I started a professional organizing business, which I enjoyed, but also quickly learned that I like organizing my own stuff. I do not love helping other people do it. But somehow through all of that and just through listening to friends and family talk about their partners in certain ways. I feel like I had lots of people in my life talking about their husbands like they were just another kid Mm. or just like the way that we talk about how busy we are. And it didn't sit right with me. There was always just something in there that felt off to me. And so when I came across this book, I was like, this is the answer. Like, this is what we need. Instead of mom sitting around raging, which we certainly have every right to be. And I think that's a stage we have to work through before we get to where we can implement this. This is the answer to like taking that rage and resentment and shifting it so that things can just look different in our life. And it was a tool that really dug into how do we get everybody on the same page here and everybody involved in a way that isn't mom nagging everybody else and feeling like the nag and reading stories of like, leaving post-it notes on the bathroom mirror for your husband or like, oh, I threatened to, I just dumped a pile of wet laundry on my husband's pillow because they didn't, he refused to, he forgot to put it in the dryer. Like we can do better than this. People actually do that? And so this is the answer. It's according to the internet. Yes, people have. (laughs) At the very least they've thought about it. Uh, That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure somebody out there has done it if they haven't thought about it. So it's a good that's... point. I'm sure someone has done it. <laughs> so this just stems more from you just heard other people kind of having these issues. Did you have any um, unbalanced things in your life or in your home? Sorry to get personal. Certainly. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think as much as we probably tried to fight it, we fell very much into traditional roles mm. along the way because my husband's job pays for our mortgage and our health insurance. And my job has always, even in the corporate world, has been more flexible. And so I just take on more stuff around the house because I feel like, oh, well, my job 
because I can. Um, and it's one of the, actually the myths and kind of um, toxic time messages that Ivarotsky talks about in this book is that like being a, a stay-at-home mom or taking care of the house and taking care of kids is more than a full-time job. And so even if you do stay at home and that is fully your focus, you should not be expected to do it all because you can't, right? Like in, a, in the corporate world, you have paid time off and you have lunch breaks and you can go just walk around the block if you can't. Like there are different, you know, there's, there, it looks different than if you were home all day with small children, you don't get to take a lunch break where your kids just go sit quietly somewhere. I mean, you think maybe if you do during their nap time, right? <laughs> but it's different and it's more than a full-time job. And being at home allows your partner to go out in the world and work. And we undervalue care and the care work. We undervalue it so much in this world, in this country, even though that work allows everything else to happen. Mm-hmm. And so certainly in my in my life, as I step off my soapbox for a minute here, I, I definitely, and my husband and I still fall into these traps every now and then where he might be working on a house project and I'm taking care of the kids. I'm like, yet again, here we are, like you're doing this thing and I'm here scrubbing toilets and hanging out with the kids and like, can we fix this? And so even though occasionally we do fall into that trap, still we have tools to get back out of it and work so that things are a little bit more equitable in a way that makes sense for us. So yes, I have also been there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it makes sense. Well, and two, like my husband and I, we live in a traditional kind of a marriage. And so um, I think it is easy to just fall into those traditional, quote unquote, traditional roles Mm -hmm. that most likely you were raised with, right? Like we both came from homes Mm -hmm. with very traditional um, upbringings. And even though both of my parents were entrepreneurial and had businesses, the housework definitely fell to my mom. The care, more most of the care for the kids fell to my mom, even though like Saturday mornings growing up, she was, um, she did hair. She was a hairdresser, hairstylist. Um, I'm not sure what we would call them now um, or what she called herself back then. But, you know, she would work on Saturday mornings And so I would have Saturday mornings with my dad, which is great. And I actually love that we had that time together. Um, So it wasn't super traditional that he never took care of me or that it always fell to her. But she definitely does have the more traditional role. But it's interesting as you say that, I was thinking too, when we go out, the two of us, the three of us, because we have one daughter and she's also 10 at this point of recording, When we go out, or I remember when she would be littler and the three of us would go to the park, to the beach, whatever, to play. It always seemed easier, quote unquote, easier when it was just one of us with her at a time than when both of us were with her Mm. because it, or I should only speak to myself, right? It almost felt easier when it was just me (laughs) because my attention wasn't divided, right? I. If I went to the park with her, it was all on me (laughs) to make sure she was safe, make sure she had her snack, make sure she had all the things, right? And it was so much easier for me to to focus Mm -hmm. versus when we all would go. So sometimes I was my own worst enemy and would be like, I'll just go because I found it easier for me 
to do it on my own. Whereas when we're all there together, now there's another person who is helping sometimes, but sometimes I'm talking to sometimes, you know, and it was harder than for me to separate those out. So does that make any sense to you? Or how can we overcome that? Mm. Or we don't self-sabotage almost along Hmm. the way too. Yeah, it does. It's kind of, it gets murky, right? Like who's in charge of what? And so it could have been like when you both go out, maybe talking beforehand. And I, you're, I mean, with a ten-year-old, you're kind of past yeah, this point, a little bit. Past but it. of the like, okay, which one of us is going to be in charge of X, or, mm-hmm. or you stepping back and letting your husband deal with all of that? And yeah, yeah, it it gets murky, and I think that that happens in a lot of stuff around the house, right? Like we, my husband and I, split up bedtime, mm. so every other night one of us is in charge of of bedtime, but there are times where both of us are like trying to corral our kids to like, you need to brush your teeth and you need to do this. And when it's not my night to read and, and take care of them, I try to just back out early and like leave, like say goodnight and leave the room and let my husband deal with it. Cause I think it gets murky when we're both trying to corral them. Like we, they just need one parent. Mm-hmm getting them through the process. And I don't always want to be the bad guy, uh-huh. right? Like as moms, I think sometimes we fall into that. And there have certainly been times where I have to talk to my husband, not because he's not doing it. I just sort of take on that role and I need to just be like, am I out of line here? Like, or is the way I'm feeling about this situation and my need to say no to our kids and have them not do this, is that okay? And then if we're on the same page, sometimes it's like, I need you to just go do this because I've the been the one saying no for too long and now it's your turn to like go yeah (laughs) deal with the fallout of whatever that is and so we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors this podcast is supported by active skin repair a skin health company helping people heal with natural non-toxic medical grade ingredients we've been using active skin repair for a few months now and i am seriously impressed They use a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which is pretty much a superhero in skincare. It mimics your body's own immune response, helping to cleanse, soothe, and reduce inflammation to support the natural healing process. And let me tell you, it works for more than just scraped knees. Whether it's sunburns, rashes, or even more persistent issues like eczema or acne, Active Skin Repair has got you covered. The best part? It's totally safe and non-toxic. That means it's gentle enough for every skin type, from the little ones to grandma and everyone in between, making it the go-to for everyone in the family. I scraped my knuckle the other day while doing laundry, and my first thought was to grab the active skin repair because one, it doesn't sting like other products, and two, I knew it would help me heal faster. So if you're looking for a natural, effective way to handle boo-boos, check out Active Skin Repair. And because you're a listener, you can get 20% off your order. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code CLUTTERFREE. Again, that's ActiveSkinRepair.com and use code CLUTTERFREE to get 20% off your order. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. 
I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. And I I think that's a big thing at the core of the fair play method, even if it isn't parenting, but it's having one person in charge of everything, right? Like, so my husband isn't going to say no and then run away while I deal with the tears. Like he has to sit and deal with all of it. And, but yeah, your mind, your, your brain is split. You're at the park and you're trying to hang out with your daughter and you're trying to hang out with your husband and enjoy everything while also trying to make sure everybody is fed and watered and sunscreened and not doing something dangerous. And so you can't, your mind is just going in too many different directions and wondering if you defrosted something for dinner while you're at it. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh gosh. Yes. So, all right, let's talk a little bit about that. Cause there is, um, you know, that mental load of all those things, that constant running to-do list. So mm-hmm. how do we, you know, I feel like society is constantly piling things on moms, right? Mm-hmm. You got to do this. You got to do this. You have to do all this stuff. You have to make it look easy. You have to make it look pretty. Oh, and you also have to look great while doing it and not break a sweat. <laughs> and don't make it seem hard because then you're going to put someone else down or You know, Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, it's so, it's just exhausting thinking about the list. Mm -hmm. So where do we start? How do we start to pull away from those expectations and just that whole just mental clutter of maybe we don't have to do it all? How do we, how do we even start there? Yeah. One, it is reminding ourselves that we don't have to do it all. Taking that, just taking that breath. And really looking at, let's see, there's so many different ways, which can feel huge, right? Like we have been conditioned probably since the time we were young Mm -hmm. to do all of it and work and look good doing it and have a clean house and all of this stuff. And really just trying to, I think it's taking taking a breath and knowing we don't have to do it all and we don't have to do it all today. And I feel like if enough of us band together, (laughs) we can really start to do this. So, um, and especially as the time of this recording, it's back to school. Like our kids have been in school for a couple of weeks now, but I know it's sort of in that time, right? And it is a lot. There is so much to think about. My kids, my 10-year-old wants that first um, back to school, that outfit for the first day back at school. And there's school supply shopping and my kids needed new sneakers this year. And it's just like so much stuff. And what activities are they doing? And have they been registered and all the forms for school? And like there is a lot. And so it's sitting down and just figuring out who is doing what. So it doesn't have to be you taking care of everything. Um, Getting your family involved. And... 
really the biggest thing, I think, is sitting down and having a conversation with your family about what you want this fall semester to look like. What do you want life in this season to look like? Whether that's the semester, calendar year, the school year, just this week, if that's as far out as you want to think, what do you want this to look and feel like? And making sure that your activities match that. So we're in a season where both of my kids are doing a running program this fall. They've never done this before. We're going to see how this goes. My 10-year-old wants to do orchestra at school. We got a couple other activities. And last week I was just sat down and was like, look, we're bordering on a little overcommitted this fall. We've never been this busy as a family, at least in a good long time. Let's see how this goes. We don't have to commit beyond, I think it's in November, and then we can reassess. And so if you're already feeling like, okay, well, I've signed up for all this stuff. I can't back out now. Just pay attention to what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy and see what you can get out of for next semester or bow out of at the end of the season or whatever that looks like. And so for me, it's really taking a look at how you want to be spending your time and making sure that your actions match that. So do you enjoy being super busy and having lots of activities for your kids? Or do you hate feeling like the chauffeur and the logistics of trying to get everybody where they need to be? Does that wear you out? Then take a step back and figure out what you can cut back on and what you can say no to. And it is okay for kids to be bored and to have some downtime. And I know that's hard and I fully understand if you have you and your husband have long working days and you need them in care, then let's find that care. But does it have to be multiple sports and activities or is it aftercare at school or is it trading off afternoons with a neighbor? And understanding that all of that is work in figuring all of that out too. Um, I'm not sure if I answered your question. <laughs> I think you did. Yeah. It's really just stepping back and like looking at what's important and how you are spending your time. So how did you, I'm going to come back to your personal life again. How did Mm -hmm. you guys divide that, the back to school list? How did that work out in your house? So we did, so registration was pretty simple because it was mostly already in the Mm -hmm. schools, whatever. Um, I tend to take on most of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it just works with my schedule. I don't mind taking on all of it. Um, There are certainly some things I have thought in the future that maybe it is just getting my husband on board to do. Maybe he's the one that takes him to the physicals or the dentist um, and schedules those. Um, Honestly, we did all of our school shopping on Target pickup. I don't even go into the (laughs) store. Because I get to down and do it in my own time. And my kids can pick out the like... Hey, out of these three folders, which one do you want? Right. And we were actually able to do that pretty, pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah. Because I find walking into Target and buying school supplies to be incredibly stressful and, overwhelming. and a little yeah. overwhelming. Yeah. So being able to do the pickup was actually a huge relief on my part to just drive and have somebody put everything in the back of my car. Um, and we have talked in the yeah. past about my husband taking that on because he knows how much. Um, I despise that part of it. Sure. So I think it's really talking about what needs to happen 
and figuring out who is in charge of it. And then it could also be, right, there's all the school forms, but then there's also the teacher communication. So it could be that I take communication on from one teacher and my husband takes Mm -hmm. it on for another kid and you just stay on top of it that way. So you could totally divide it that way. Um, We tend to just talk a lot about it. We're both on the email lists for everything. And so it might just Mm -hmm. be, hey, will you please fill out this release form for this thing? Um, So it is something, to be honest, I still take on most of it, but I am trying to pay attention to it this year as to what can I offload to him and what would that look like? Um, I take a lot of it on too. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. Um, I volunteered, so I am on the PTA exec Mm -hmm. board this year. Mm -hmm. I ended up uh, agreeing to be, I'm not going to say getting stuck being, I agreed, I chose to be the room uh, lead, room Uh parent um, as well, because the there's only two fifth grade classes at our school. It's a small school. Mm-hmm. And I know the other room parent, parent uh-huh. very well. And she and I are already talking multiple times a week anyway. And so I was like, since we're already talking, this is not going to be that difficult. You're already somebody I want to talk to and hang out with. Mm-hmm. So um, that was a deciding factor for me, though, because I knew that it was something where I was already feeling stretched thin, right? I've got this business. Mm -hmm. I have lots of plans for what I want to do this fall. And I have a huge thing that I want to launch in January. Um, So stay tuned if you guys are excited (laughs) about that. But, you know, it was definitely something where I was like, I have a lot on my plate. Mm -hmm. Our daughter is doing softball, but we haven't started back on her violin lessons. Mm -hmm. You know, we've, we definitely pulled that back at the end of May when school ended Mm -hmm. because I knew we were going to, I wanted to take the summer off. I wanted to have a time for us to relax because we had that overscheduling issue in the spring. We started a sport we had never done before and there was a lot to it. We were doing the violin lessons, which we had been doing already. However, she also did the school play and that culminated in spring. It was a whole year thing and it culminated in spring and everything really came down to like two weeks of just super stress. And she got sick in the middle of it. Mm. We had family come into town. It was, to say chaotic is an understatement. It was the most we had ever been stretched, right? Mm -hmm. But this year we decided, so they're switching things up at school. So there's different things. So we have yet to start <laughs> violin back up. And I'm trying mm-hmm. to look for a different solution because where we went, I don't like driving there. It's the silliest thing, but the location drives me crazy. I hate sitting in the waiting area where it's 30 minutes. <laughs> I get it. It is 30 minutes a week, but I hate mm-hmm. it. <laughs> And so I'm like, okay, maybe we can find a different solution. Perhaps we can find someone to come to our house. I still have yet to find that. I've put out feelers a few times, but I'm still in search of something that will work a little bit better Mm. for our family. So I hear you on like, yes, I took on Mm. this and yes, I'm still doing this, but I'm also trying to make changes in the positive way so that it fits better with our family and our household and how we run things and Mm-hmm. All of that. Yeah. Fun. And I know it can be really hard to, to say no to your kids, right? I've been, I've talked to moms where they're like, well, my kids want to do all of this stuff. 
Like I get that. Yeah. And when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else and vice versa. Like sometimes that yes means you are saying no to something else. And like there have been similar to you, like I have things I want to do in my business and I'm rolling out this fall and this year. And so my one of my main goals right now is to focus on my clients and my work mm-hmm. and kind of simplify things. And so that means I'm saying no to things or just not signing up for things that I see opportunities come through mm-hmm. that I would previous me would have jumped at the opportunity, but I know that I don't have the capacity to give it what I want right now. And so just, and that's sad, right? Like we can grieve that. Like there are certainly activities going on in my life that I would love to commit to, but I also know that I can't show up to them in a way that would benefit anybody. I'm going to just be resentful. And so it's coming back to what is really important to me. What are the things that I value and what's important to me? Knowing that I can layer things on, right? So when my business or like when you roll out this program, Once that's going and it feels good and it's maybe less of a time suck, maybe that's not really the right term, but like it's sort of less of a focus. Yeah, it takes up all my brain power sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Then you can layer something else on there. And so like I choose, I have done the PTA thing. It is not my jam. So I will say... And I actually don't even honestly think I followed. I know I did follow through on this last year. My goal was to just volunteer for mm. one thing. I think I went, I, I chaperoned a couple field trips and I showed up for one other school event. And I was like, that's my, that's what I can commit to. And our school is big enough that if every parent showed up for one event, we'd be good. Right. But I don't have the interest. And I used to be that person. I wanted to be on every board. I wanted to know what was going on behind the scenes there's still a part of me that yeah. does that, but there's also just a part of me that is just tired. Yeah. And I just, I want to focus on what is important to me, at the, like most important to me at this point, not mm-hmm. all the things. Because when you start to say yes to everything, as women, we're raised to be people pleasers. Totally. It's a hard thing. I still am working on that. Hand is raised. It's <laughs> hard to not yeah. want to say yes to everything, right? And I yeah. see those emails come out about the classroom parent. And I feel like one of our classrooms, kids last year, they didn't have a classroom parent. It was frustrating. Mm. And I never did. I didn't want to be that person because I knew I wouldn't show up in a way that was effective yeah. for anybody. And so it's knowing what your interest is or kind of what your capacity is and when to step back because there's so much that we can do, but it can take away from something else. It's that like shiny object syndrome. Yeah. We don't we don't all need that. Right. No, I get that. Well, also too, I also am trying to lower my bar, right? Like I was mm-hmm. an A student, right? 4.0 in high school, like doing the AP classes, trying to do it all. And also looking at how stressed I have been in my life for what was the end, right? Like perhaps the mm-hmm. end did not justify the means, right? Like to get, I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I think it has also helped me looking uh-huh. at having a daughter, looking at what I want her to absorb, you know, trying to model better behavior, mm-hmm. knowing that I am so not going to be perfect at it. I am so going to mess up. Because it is so ingrained. There's so much ingrained. But also knowing that like, okay, 
No one else wanted to be the room lead. So I will step up and do it. Also, Mm -hmm. I am not going to be there doing crafts every week with the class. I'm not going to do like I will be there to coordinate (laughs) the major things, help figure out who's going to volunteer to go on the field trip, Mm -hmm. getting the gift for the teacher, doing kind of a lump gift. So not everybody feels like they have to do this giant gift for the teacher. Um, And, you know, I'm already on campus a lot anyway. So that way it -hmm. won't be that much extra. But knowing that, yeah, it's I, my level of commitment is more of a communicate, more of a communicative role, and like here's what's happening versus here's what I'm doing. I'm not doing mm-hmm. that much to add. I thankfully our teacher is like, oh, I don't really actually ask that mm-hmm. much, and I'm like, okay, good. It was helpful having that conversation with her because I did kind of let her know at the beginning, like, <laughs> look, if no one else steps up, let me know. Mm-hmm. I also have a lot of my plate, so I will not be able to give a huge amount of commitment to it. But if mm. you need help, I'm here to assist. Um, I think having that conversation at the beginning helped lay some expectations as well. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we'll see. You know, I could come back. We'll have this conversation next year. In May, at the end of the year, we'll come back in and be like, <laughs> see how it went. <laughs> Valerie, help me out here because I did not do a good job setting boundaries. So maybe that's mm-hmm. where it starts. How do you help people set those boundaries to begin with? Oh, that is probably a question that as women, we are always <laughs> grappling with, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think it can start with coming up with a couple responses that are your response to anything anybody ever asks you. Mm. And it can be, I need to check my calendar. I will get back to you. Yeah. I need a couple of days. I will get back to you. Even if you know in your heart of hearts that you're going to say yes or no, that that is just your response. And then of course, make a note, however you make your notes and reminders to actually reply. Like don't say you're going to respond and then and forget. Mm. But I think just taking that beat Right. Cause I, I'm one who will say no. And then three days later, be like, what have I done? What have I gotten myself into? And now I don't feel like Mm -hmm. I can back out. And so I have practiced and then really knowing, coming back to those values. So really understanding what your values are and what you want life to look like shows, helps you answer those questions. One of my favorite stories on like people pleasing and these boundaries is so during like the height of the pandemic, when everything was shut down, our church would do, our minister would have kids read the sermon. And like we would record a video and then he would share the kids reading. And so my 10-year-old would be asked on occasion. And sometimes she said, no, she didn't want to. And like the little voice in my head wanted to say, okay, but he asked and he needs help. So why can't you just do it? And it and and to honor and knowing that this was a totally safe space that the minister was like totally cool if you turn around and say no, and so this was her practicing no and me, totally supporting that and quieting that little voice in my head with, she said no it's totally cool like nobody is going to get hurt here he will find somebody else or he'll read it himself the world will not spin off its axis, and then trying to practice that in my own life when somebody calls and says hey I need your help with this and me going. I would love to help you, but I know I cannot give you my full attention and I'm not going to show up in a way that would feel good for us. And so I'm going to say no. And then kind of sitting with that and practicing that I think is, is great. And so 
even if you just start with that, I have like having a sentence. Anytime somebody asks me, I am going to say this thing. Maybe it's written on a post-it note in your purse and you or a note on your phone and to remind yourself and you just know, and this is your response so that you can sit with it and think, does this fit into how I want to be spending my time right now or not? And it's like a muscle. We just have to keep building that muscle because we have been ingrained or conditioned that we need to make everybody happy. And that means we have to say yes to everything. And so trying to figure out what that looks like, um, I think is a huge part of that is just that finding small ways to put up those boundaries and hold them for yourself and respecting others and just practicing that and sitting with that and modeling that for our kids too. And like as a child, I never would have said no to that, even if I wanted to. It wouldn't have even occurred to me that that was an option. It just would have felt like I had to say yes. And I just, I love that my kids have that experience and that I can grow through that as well. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Yeah, I was just thinking like the kids are all right, right? Like perhaps some things are actually getting better. (laughs) Um. Uh huh. Right. I would look at her and be like, I don't know where you learned that because it's not for me. (laughs) But it was. It must have been in some, you know, a lot of the things that you're doing. Yeah, it must have been. Who knows? Yeah, I I have the same slightly degrading thought of like, well, how did you, you know, how did you come up with that? But I think they are learning. Right. And I do feel like I have grown so much as a human. It is palpable. So 
I do think it mm-hmm. gets felt throughout uh, the oh, family. Dear. And so I think we can keep working on that. Let's go back to kind of the fair play method. We've been talking about the kids and saying mm-hmm. no and setting boundaries. Tell me about how you distribute tasks in your home. One of my favorite examples are is the dishwasher. Um, because di- right dishes are a common experience. We all have lots of mm-hmm. them. And at some point in the last mm-hmm. few years, I started to feel like the dishes, they were sort of taunting me. I don't know. We just always seem to have dishes, dirty dishes, clean dishes. There's always dishes, right? <laughs> always have dishes. And it yeah. just felt like, well, okay, my job is more flexible. I should just be cleaning the kitchen more often. This is just what I should be doing. And I get really tired of it. And so after discovering the fair play method, I'm like, okay, look, there's a way that we can deal with this. And so my husband and I sat down and talked about it and came up with this plan where Sunday through Saturday, one of us is fully in charge of loading and emptying the dishwasher and hand washing all the stuff that needs to be hand washed. And you can do it. And then there are some ground rules. So one of the terms that fair play uses um, is the minimum standard of care. So this is like the key, the guidelines around this. And it's not whoever has the higher standards wins. It's agreed upon standards. And so what works for us is by Sunday morning, all the dishes need to be cut up with. So it's not whoever takes over on Sunday is just doing several loads of dishes to get caught up on stuff from the week. Whoever had it the week before has to spend Sunday doing that if we get behind. And then the kitchen has to be clean enough that somebody, usually me, can come into the kitchen in the morning and make breakfast and not have to clean the kitchen. That's kind of just our our general rule. Hmm. Now, that might look different in your household. It might have to be that things are cleaned up and tidied more on a daily basis. This is what works for us. And we talk about it every few weeks, every couple months. It's just, okay, is this working? Is this still working? What do we need to change or not change? And yes, we should get my kids involved more. There's some sensory stuff going on. They complain a lot about the squeakiness of the dishes. I don't know. There's things. So we have them doing other tasks instead. But that's one of them that we've just decided. And then recently we added some things of whoever's week it is also has to take the trash out on Sunday because our trash gets picked up on Monday. So Sunday night or sometime on Sunday, it's dealing with the trash because that would just start to like pile up until one of us was like, fine, I'll deal with it. It's like, okay. You are in charge of it. Okay. And yeah. it's, I believe you're also responsible for taking out all of our recycling as well. So if it's your week for the dishes, you also have to deal with the compost, like all of this other stuff. And so then if it's not your week, it's kind of not your problem. Kind of nice. And so then yeah. you can work it into your day and it works. With our kids, they do they trade off feeding the cat or the cats um, and there's some other mm-hmm. chores and kind of evening things related to that in terms of who brushes their teeth first and kind of this way we have things split up with two Mm. kids yes yes and we're working on some other stuff my 10 year old helps with the laundry so she's in charge of sorting their I wash their laundry separately and um so it just depends so those are the big things I'm trying to think of what else my husband does like to cook he does most of our cooking um, I make breakfast. Mm-hmm. We kind of trade off who's in charge of lunch when the kids are around. Um, and then we just have a lot of conversations about it. One of my goals this year is to get more into meal planning so that our kids are involved more because they're getting really hard to feed 
and they are just getting mm -hmm. picky and particular. And so I'd like to get them involved more with cooking. Those are the big ones. I do laundry. It's just kind of, there's some things like the fair play method talks about how some of the stuff she calls the daily grind. You don't, you shouldn't be in charge of something forever. Interesting. Because it gets old after a while, right? But I don't mind doing laundry and I don't like to cook. So that works for us. And so it's really just figuring out how things work in your house and might work for you and then going from there. Yeah, that's interesting. The idea of not doing it forever is really interesting. Although I feel like knowing it's my thing makes it easier for me to mm -hmm. do it however I want to do it mm -hmm. when I want to do it. I don't know. I'll just try it. Mm -hmm. We'll have to experiment with a few things. So like in our home, yeah, garbage is definitely something we should probably assign to someone because we're always scrambling Monday morning because we hate taking it out Sunday night. It, not, that, not in like an argumentative way, but it's like, oh my mm -hmm. gosh, it's Monday morning, mm -hmm. like time to take the garbage out kind of a thing. Um, so it's never like, a, ah, you were supposed to take the garbage out. It's just like, a, ah, oh my gosh, I can't believe we forgot again because it's every Monday, right? How did we forget this? Um, so I think that's where it's, that there's a struggle there. Um, but like I'll do the cooking and so he does cleanup. So the way we do dishes is a little bit different. I'll put them away in the morning, Okay. but he's basically in charge of dealing with the dirties. Like I'll put the clean things away, but he takes care of the dirty dishes because generally I'm, we both work from home. So I'm generally, I'll do, he does his own breakfast. I'll do my breakfast and our daughter's breakfast and then um, get her lunch ready or snack ready, depending on what the lunch is at school. Maybe she'll eat the school lunch. Maybe she'll do, we'll make lunch. It depends. We have the schedule. Who knows? Um, mm -hmm. And then I'll heat up. We do leftovers for lunch from dinner that week. So that is easy. That's an easy way for us to do lunch. So that gets taken care of. I'll heat up lunch. He'll take care of the dishes from it. And then at dinner too, like I'll make dinner. He cleans up the dishes. And then he does the dishes. Generally, we used to do kind of the five-minute pickup. Like he would do the dishes and we would like pick up the house before we would sit down to watch something. But we've kind of gotten out of that habit over mm -hmm. the summer and now he does the dishes while our daughter gets ready for bed, which is fine, right? Like, that's also a good time. It's fine. Um, mm -hmm. So then he'll mm -hmm. do that and, like, leave the dishes out to dry. And then I'll put them away in the morning. Like, so they just dry overnight. And then I put them away in the morning. So it's like, that works for me. I don't – I usually am so exhausted by the end of the day. I'm a morning person mm -hmm. and he's more of a night person. So that works out really well for us when we do them based on timing versus task, too. So – Interesting, but I like what you were saying about like taking the week off. We might have to just find something else that could be a mix that we could say, okay, it's your week for that. I don't know. Interesting. I like it. I like the idea that, you know, you don't have to do something forever. That definitely feels nice. And just play with it. You're just kind of being a scientist. You're just going to see yeah. what works. And certainly if if the time of day works better, your energy levels. That's why I tend to make breakfast. I'm the first one up. I'm the one that kind of gets everybody going in the morning. Yeah. And my husband is not a morning person. And so it's really, but play with it. And I think the biggest piece of all of that is just communication. It's the, is this working? Why or why not? And, or do we need to shift something? Like, hey, if my husband had to go into the office, but it was his week to deal with the dishes, I'm probably going to just take over those few days. Right. Because it's just, it's going to work better for us that way. Right. Flexibility. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Let's be flexible and just. Yeah. Play yeah. with it and see what works and know that you don't have to, it's not set in stone. 
Love it. Okay. So I have a kind of out there question for you. As you were talking about really early on (laughs) with like the rage, right? The rage cleaning or, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of the getting back at your partner for not doing things right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Definitely not on board with that, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) The question is that I'm getting to is I get a lot of that kind of questioning and feedback when it comes to decluttering, right? Because Let's be honest. If you're listening to this podcast, you are likely a woman, likely a mother, and you are wanting to declutter, which then leaves having a spouse or a partner that may be not as far down the path as they are, Mm. right? Generally speaking, I would say that's the majority of my audience. So a lot of my listeners will say, well, how do I get my husband to declutter? How do I get Mm. my family on board? Um, Are there any fair play tasks or um, ideas or methodology? Like, is there anything along with the fair play lines that might help with those conversations? Or I know it's different because it's not a task we're dividing up, but I just thought, well, maybe there's some way you communicate that makes that a little bit easier. So, okay. My first thought is let's pay attention to how as women we have been conditioned, one, that it's our job and that we need the tidy house. Now, I fully understand I'm a very visual person and it drives me nuts when my house is cluttered. You could see the state of my backyard right now. The weeds are absurd mm-hmm. and I hate looking out my kitchen window and I really dislike it and it hurts my brain because it's mm-hmm. such a mess, right? Like I I like things neat and tidy. Now, have I been <laughs> conditioned to believe this or is that just who I am? I don't know. I haven't really gotten that deep into it. I will say that one of my goals side tangent here real quick and then I will come back to answer your question is to sh- I want I like to say shifting my standards mm-hmm. instead of lowering them hmm. but with so we have some wonderful neighbors that we my kids love the kids and we get together as as families every now and then and our rule for the summer was we're gonna do happy hour I don't care what the state of your house is I don't care if I have to bring my own snacks and my own chair, like the point is I just want to sit in your front yard or backyard or kitchen and have a glass of wine and hang out with you. And I do not care about the rest of it. I'll bring my own wine. I'll bring everything if I have to. Like there is, and it's it like, you know, nobody's rushing out to the grocery store right before so they can put out some really fancy spread. Like if that's your jam, do that. I will bring chips and salsa and whatever I have. And I don't that like the point is we're spending time together. And as I, somebody I was talking to this summer, it was just like my daughter and I don't ever have friends over because my house is always a mess. I'm like, And let's like maybe let go of that. I'm not going to judge you if I come over and your house is a mess. Now on the decluttering piece of that, what does, you know, how much energy do you want to put into that? Is that like a, a nightly pickup? Is that a There are certain spaces in the house that need to be reasonably decluttered. Like my kids' rooms are a mess. And our rule is no food or drinks in there. Unless you're sick and we've you're like you're hanging out in your room because you don't feel well, then you get to eat in there. Otherwise, because we don't need bugs. And I'm I will not clean your room if it's a mess. Like I'm not coming in there to dust and clean the floors if I can't see them. And they're old enough that that is okay. And then we'll tidy their rooms together sometimes on occasion. My 10-year-old can do it on her by herself. Sometimes it gets to the stage where she needs help because it's a lot. 
Um, so I think it's maybe it's coming back to that minimum standard of care. So it's who is in charge of what? Maybe you can divide you know, somebody in charge of the mail. Do you divide who's in charge of the kids? Is it today? I'm in charge of the kids. So by the end of the day, we have to have cleaned up the living room, the three of us together. Like I'm not going to, or so my husband doesn't come home and the house is a mess and like it's on him to clean it up or kind of, it's going to just depend um, on kind of what is your minimum standard of care. So when I'm usually the one that cleans the floors, the few days leading up, leading up to that, everybody else is involved. Like I will say, I need you to walk around the house and find whatever belongs to you, put it back in its home. So the shared spaces, you might have more guidelines and it's going to depend on your situation and kind of your level of energy and season of life, maybe. You know, my kids love to spread toys everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And they won't do <laughs> that forever. Do. I definitely have those moments <laughs> of like, you know what? It's okay, right? These are, I love that word seasons because they are seasons or the big one right now is mm -hmm. eras, right? Mm -hmm. This is our era of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> of, you know, they're old enough to do some things on their own, but they're still kids, right? There's, I love that my, our daughter is still mm -hmm. innocent, right? She still hasn't quite gotten over that line. And I love it. I want to cherish it as long as I can. Cause I know once that line is crossed, it's not really, mm -hmm. you, you can't, you don't go back, right? You don't get to go back. There might be moments of innocence, but it's not the same as it is right now. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, she wants to get toys out and have them all over the floor within reason. We're not leaving them there for a week, but if they get left mm -hmm. there overnight, I'm not going to be mad about it. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. It's all stuff that is fixable. So yeah, again, we don't try to be super mm -hmm. rigid, um, but I do know that like in our home, there is compromise, right? And it, it's not like a quid pro quo, right? It doesn't, it's not like I have this so you can have that. We don't play those games in our house or I did this so you have to do this. There are levels, right? Like I'm better at something, so I'm going to take that on or that works with my strength. My husband is not a people person. Like he's more of an introvert. He hates the chit chat at school. So one, I, as we were talking, I'm like, you know what? The way we need to divide and conquer is we had a school event on Friday. Mm -hmm. My job should be going around and talking to the families and saying hi and doing all the social stuff. I know that sounds super womanly and like... <laughs> You know, I totally get it, mm -hmm. but I am the social butterfly. I'm the extrovert. I thrive on conversation. I love meeting new people. That lights me up. That at the end of the night makes me feel like, yeah, I'm connected. This is great. I feel wonderful. I feel super jazzed going into the evening. It is like his worst nightmare. He is a total <laughs> introvert. So his job should be find the one or two people that you know on campus, stand, stand next to them, have a conversation, mm -hmm. keep an eye on our daughter and make sure you know where she is. And then I will flitter all over and I don't have to worry that I don't need to keep an eye on her. I don't need to worry about that kind of stuff. You're taking care of because you got your little pod with people. That works out perfect for us. And I think we've kind of done that. I just haven't had the conversation, right? I haven't had that Let's set those expectations. Mm -hmm. Here's what our, here's what the mm -hmm. night is going to go like and have that. But it kind of <laughs> goes to that because that's just our natural strengths. But, um, but yeah, anyway, I think the, the question mm -hmm. was more along the lines of like, if you have, you want to declutter, your spouse isn't really sure. on board. 
how do you start to have those conversations? And, and even it can be how, how do we start these conversations for fair play mm-hmm. of saying like, I want to talk about how things are working in our house. Where Let's start there. Well, how do people start with that? And I think it could lead into both of those conversations of I want a better division of labor in the house and decluttering is really important to me because of this, this, and this. So maybe you can help us with mm-hmm. this, the conversation starter. Yeah, I think that's um, it's a tricky place and very important. So it's remembering that the status quo is probably been working for your partner, and so they don't really have a reason to change, right? Yeah. So it's talking to them about, hey, look, I've heard of this method. I'd really like to try it, and here are the benefits. I'm less tired. I'm less resentful. I will have more brain power to be like I will be more fun or however you want to define it yeah. as we do all of this because there's a better division of labor and I am less exhausted and overwhelmed. And so it benefits all of us thinking about maybe what we're modeling for our kids. So, you know, I want, I have two girls. I want them to see dad cooking and doing things besides the point. mowing the lawn and house projects while I clean. Like we are, and parenting and being involved and knowing that right out of the gate, that conversation might not go anywhere. Maybe it's, um, there's a documentary actually for fair play that can be super helpful because it gets into, it lays the foundation for how all of this came to be. Oh, what is that called? Um, I think it's just the fair play documentary. Can anyone find it anywhere? Um, You can look on Hulu. If you go to fairplaylife.com, you can find information about it, and then it'll share where it's streaming. Okay, cool. Well, I'll link to it if I can find it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great jumping off point because it just it's not you telling your partner something. It's like, let's watch this thing together. And then you can pause and be like, I didn't know that, did you? And let's talk about this. And then going, hey, there's this method that can help with all of this and here are all the benefits to that and then maybe picking one or two carts like the dishwasher that was just where we started because it was just like look this is one of the stickiest things in the house that is driving me crazy let's figure out a way to shift this and then layer on to that once that works we don't have to overhaul everything so maybe it's this fall we're going to do all the school forms together so that next time you get to do it and you've seen the process and yeah. you've figured this out and we're going to slowly kind of information dump all of this stuff to your partner so that they can take it on. And I think it's just a lot of conversations. And I believe in small shifts. I wouldn't jump, like overhaul your whole yeah. life right now. Like it might work for a week or two and then fall apart. And so really just kind of chipping away at it and taking some small steps. Yeah to shift it and being very open and reaching out for help if you need it. If there's something, you know, I think couples counseling can be super beneficial to get both of you on the same page to build some of those communication skills because we're not taught them and to deal with that resentment. If you as a mom are just struggling with that resentment piece, I think just reaching out for help there. Um, But that it's, we can get there. I think we can make that progress. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, I love the idea of just starting small and dishes seem like a really great place to start because yes, you have dishes every day. And so it gives you lots of practice 
right? You get to mm-hmm. practice it every day and be like, well, did that work yesterday when you did that? Mm-hmm. You know, like, how did you like that? Or do you think we should try that again? Or was what would you like to change about it? And dishes don't generally tend to be very emotional. So I can see how that would be a really great place to start. So awesome. Thank you for that. Well, Valerie, this has been wonderful. <laughs> and I want to be cognizant every time. I feel like we could talk all day. This has been wonderful. So thank you so much. Tell people where they can find you because I know my listeners are going to be fascinated with this conversation and want to know more. So you can find me um, on Instagram at Stride Productivity. And then you can also, I have a private podcast that dives into all of this. Um, it's called In In the School Pickup Line. And it's just super short, like three to five minute episodes because you can listen to them while you're in the school pickup line. And you can get access to that at strideproductivity.com forward slash school pickup and dive in there. And I talk about this and all sorts of other things. Um, and yeah, I would love to just hear what people thought, what came up for you, where does this feel sticky? And if you try anything we talked about today, I'd love to hear how that worked as well. Yeah. Very cool. Oh my God. I love the name of that podcast. That is super (laughs) fun. And I will definitely link to all of that in the show notes. So if you're in the school pickup line right now and can't write that down, it'll be in the show notes. You can just click on over. So that'll be great. Um, And my favorite way to end each episode is with three rapid fire questions. Okay. So the first one is, what does clutter-free mean to you? So that means that my life, both physically and the way I'm committed to things, activities, are full of things that I love and need. So my house isn't overrun with stuff. It's just full of stuff, you know, things we love and need. And same for what I'm doing outside of my house. Who, what am I committed to? And just really, it's just, yeah, really full of things that I love and need. Love that. The second one is what is the one thing that you want listeners to take away from today's show? So if they listen to this whole thing and there was so many great nuggets, what is one of your favorite ones that you want to make sure people know when they walk away? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that it is not all on you. Mm. I'm not sure we really use that term, but it really is not all on mom to do everything and that there is a way to shift it so that your household just feels more equitable and maybe less exhausting and overwhelming. Mm. Love it. It can happen. So true. Ah, I've been there. I feel like I am coming out of it. (laughs) So um, I, yeah, I love it. And the third one is what is making you happy right now or in this season of your life? Um, I love the fall. I'm kind of over the heat here, um, ready for (laughs) cooler weather. I love the beginning of things when things are still kind of fresh. And so, you know, we've just started school. We've got some fun activities my kids are doing. Um, Just kind of looking forward to this season and just rolling some fun stuff out with my business this fall and really just excited about the potential that's there. Nice. Well, Valerie, thank you so much for joining us on the Wanna Be Clutter Free podcast. Um, This was a delight. I learned so much and it was really great just kind of hearing all your strategies and tips. And thank you for sharing so openly, both about professionally what we should do and also some personal tidbits from your own life. So thank you for being open and honest and uh, joining us today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I hope your listeners get at least a little nugget out of everything that we've covered. All right. Cheers. Have a great day. I feel like Valerie and I could have chatted all day. 
Um, I think it's super interesting to see the intersection of different disciplines. And there was some great crossover today between decluttering your stuff and decluttering your schedule. But I would absolutely love to hear your thoughts on this episode. What were your favorite parts? Did you have any big takeaways? Uh, anything you want to share? Anything you're going to implement in your life or any feedback that you have? Please come on over and let me know. There are so many different ways you can get a hold of me. Uh, I'm going to list them now. So you can come and comment on this post in Instagram or in Facebook, or please go ahead and send me a DM or a message. I am wannabe clutter free on the social platforms. Or you can leave a review for this show, like I said at the beginning of this episode on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a comment on Spotify or Good Pods. You can leave a comment on YouTube and let me know what you thought of this episode or of the show in general. Or you can come over to the Wannabe Minimalist family group on Facebook and you can share with the community. There will be a discussion thread for this episode and we would love to chat with you in the comments. So that's another great way to have an interactive uh, dialogue and let us know. Let's let's have that chat. All right. Well, thank you again to Valerie for joining us on the show and for sharing about her journey and for giving us some amazing tips to try in our own homes. I know I put her on the spot a couple times and she was so gracious in um, opening up and letting us know how these things work for her um, in her life and how she's seen them work for her clients as well. So remember, you can get more detailed show notes by heading over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 168. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 168. To find out more about Valerie, get all those show notes, all the links to her website and resources and the books and documentaries we mentioned as well. And thank you again to you for joining me today too. With that, I hope you have an amazing day and I will see you back here next week for a solo episode. I'm going to be talking about why systems are critical to my sanity and how you can create your own. If that sounds interesting and you want to make sure that you don't miss it, well, go ahead and click subscribe. Click that button wherever you are listening to this and make sure that you don't miss out on next week's episode. I think it's going to be a game changer as we head into the busy fall season. Well, until next time, take care, think clutter free, and remember, I believe in you. I'm Deanna Yates, and you've been listening to Wannabe Clutter Free. I'll see you next week. Cheers. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.